Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. On the road again. Something about being on the road again. Hello everyone, we're on the road this week. We're on our what? road trip. <laughs> this is in all the stately homes of the southern states of Cornwall. Okay, good. Solid work from everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the midweek episode. Mm-hmm. Where we what do we do on this one? It's news and reviews. We take drinks at awkward times. <laughs> yes. And we leave the other person to vamp. You you waited until I lifted the cup to my mouth before you asked me a question. Because I thought you could go 30 minutes without <laughs> drinking. Welcome to our news and reviews episode where we talk news and reviews. Very, this week... Very professional. More reviews than news. Which is... Basically, what everyone's been screaming <laughs> for, by the way. I don't know if you've known this, What's... but the the message boards have been abuzz with... Our, our Reddit thread. Our AMA it says, was it says nothing a but... a lot of, stop doing this, why do you keep going, why do you persist, please, for God's sake, come home, Andy, we're missing you, and... Please do more reviews than news. That was that was your dad was the last one. <laughs> Didn't care about you coming home. He just he was just like more more reviews, less news. <laughs> the reason we're doing more reviews this week is because I feel we have a lot to talk about. The two films we saw. So this week it's we're talking emoji movie. The two films we saw. I don't know if you've seen the emoji movie express yourself. <laughs> this week we're talking emoji movie. And Detroit. So, shall we start with just a quick bit of news? Um, only really one news story, and I just wanted to know your feelings on this oh. um, more than anything. There's nothing, nothing bad. It's not like okay, Justice <clears throat> League is now seven hours long, but instead it's regarding it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so we spoke before about there being a Dread TV series. Yeah, sure. And now it's been revealed that Carl Urban is officially in talks regarding that. Yeah. So how do you how do you feel about I'm that? I'm not because... gonna believe it's happening until I'm watching it. But do you because obviously you're a big fan of Dread the film. Yes. Are you happy that they're pushing ahead with a series regarding it because obviously they can't seem to get the second movie off? Yeah, Dread. maybe. I don't know. I don't know if a series is the best way forward. It would be interesting to see whether I want to know what they're going to do with the series. Mm. How many tower blocks we're going to explore? <laughs> how many slums we're going to explore? Now, I th- it's, it's, it's certainly got scope to be good. Who's got the rights to it? Do we know? Who's picking this up? Not sure. Not <sighs> sure. The thing is, they did. They did say, but that's if it's research. done on the real cheap, right? It will look terrible. Mm-hmm. Dread was not an expensive movie to put together, with, relatively speaking. But it still had enough of a budget behind it that they knew how to make that tower look look really good, right? Mm-hmm. But it benefited from the single location essentially. I am I am concerned mm-hmm. that it will look like a bad episode of Doctor Who. Would Would you be happy if it wasn't really? Basically, the way I want this series is I want it HBO. Yeah, I want it so many C bombs in there that you can't even move. <laughs> Well, I I don't want it to be a, and this sounds weird, but I want a TV series that isn't a linear story. I don't want it to be each episode leads into the next. What I prefer is just have, say, a 10-episode series where each episode is a different, a kind of procedural, like a cop procedural. You want Law and Order. With Dread. 
if you ever watched Law and Order, you'd like it. <laughs> Benjamin Bratz in the early series with but do you uh, see Sam what, Waterston. Do you see what I mean? I'd, I'd much prefer have a series that, say, over ten episodes, you see Essentially ten... Essentially an anthology series. Yeah, and ten snippets of what Dread deals with on a date. And you could have a couple of two-parts in there and stuff like that, but they've got to expand the stories. Love and have yeah, you're describing law and order right now is what you're describing. <laughs> yeah, but is there, a man, love is there a man order? who never takes his helmet off because I don't want him to ever take his helmet off? Yeah, Benjamin Bratt, he never takes his helmet off because aren't we all really wearing helmets when you think about it? No. No, we're not. No, that's that doesn't work in the same way as masks. But do you think this series could work without Carl Urban? No. End of discussion. <laughs> Kill the podcast. Uh, no, it could work without... Hang on, what are you going to call it? Because it's being called Mega City One. It's yeah. not called being called Dread. If it's called Mega City One, then yeah, it works without him. If it's called Dread, then no, because he is Dread. So do you think that it's more likely? If to you bring to... back Sylvester Stallone, I riot. <laughs> One man riot. It's the smallest riot you can do, but very effective <laughs> if it's about something I care deeply about. So do you think it's more likely they're going to do a story of the judges, but then Dread will be within there somewhere? Maybe. I hope. Uh, maybe it will expand Or do you think he'll focus on Dread? Because he's the one that we actually if, care about. If Carl Urban's in talks, you've got to think they're going to focus on Dread. No, he's not in talks to do one episode and then piss off well, again. He's not ashamed of doing TV, is it? You know, he had that series a few years ago. I can't remember what it was called, but he basically played a cop, but also there was robots in it. I robot the series, maybe. I did no. not watch this. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if anything's real. <laughs> no, he did. He was. It was, it was basically it was cancelled after a se- season. Apparently, it's all right. Okay, but um, so if you liked unnamed series four two seven, don't don't look it up now. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, fine. Interesting. Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to it. But also, I would like to know what they're doing with it before I get too excited about it. Because I think I all too often I've seen. I've seen stuff that I'm like, oh, wow, that would be... Oh, okay. <laughs> right, you did that. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna get ahead of myself and go, wow, what a what an idea. I, would you be more excited if they turned around and said, um, Alex Garland's back involved? Yeah, if he's written it, yeah. He it's not going to happen, though, is it? He hasn't, and he won't. And it doesn't matter. And everything's <laughs> the worst. And all of a sudden, I hate everything. Again, this is going to be terrible. This dread series is going to be terrible. I'm convinced of that now. You've convinced me of that in the last ten seconds. That's what I'm here for. Shall we talk reviews then? I because, guess, like I said, I guess yes. Reviews. Now that I've lost confidence in dread, so there were two films. We two films that have been seen. Yeah, you saw two. I saw one. Well, a film and something else. I don't know what you can take. Don't be so from. mean to Detroit. Uh, what do you want to start off with, Detroit? Well, I was going to say, what would you prefer? Would Let's you... start with Detroit. Let's... You sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we saw an advanced screening of Detroit. Yes. Um, Detroit is a new film by Catherine Bigelow that kind of plots important events of the Detroit riots. Mm-hmm. Um, the Detroit riots were, name a year? 1967. Thank you. Um, and it kind of looks into this. So, do you want to explain a little bit about about this? Yeah. So the um, the story basically highlights the events that transpired at the Algiers Motel in Detroit in uh, July, I think it was, of uh, nineteen sixty seven, either July or August. Um, and uh, you follow 
a number of different stories that all converge upon that point. Yeah. And then you follow the sort of aftermath of the events of that night. Um, so the interesting thing with, uh, with Detroit as a film is that the setting up of it... Uh, oh, yeah, do you want me to Yeah, do can you give a plot first? history of what... For people who don't know what happened, can you give a plot history of, of the... <laughs> Events leading up to this. So the problem, well, the problem is I can't do it without without spending twenty five minutes explaining it and also then ruining most of the film. Um, but essentially, what there are a series of of very complex factors that that created the Twelfth Street riot, and there is um, this this film opens up with an explanation, essentially mm-hmm. a a very rough explanation of what happened in the. Um, the the Great Migration happened, and uh, former slaves moved up from the southern states and went to the hub cities. So mm-hmm. places like Detroit had a huge industrial um, had a huge industrial life at that point. It was the home of a number of different car companies, um, chief amongst which was Ford, and as a result, was known as Motor City. That created thousands and thousands of jobs. Now, the African-Americans moved into the inner cities to get these jobs and work at these plants. And then, over time, the whites started moving out towards the suburbs, leaving the inner cities sort of very segregated, almost, it feels. Um, And there were, and, you know, we, we know this to be true now, that there are still issues with the justice system and with the police system less so the police system now perhaps mm. but certainly the justice system still seems to swing one way um april DuVernay's 13th last year highlights this so the interesting thing is that detroit suffered from a huge problem in terms of the the police of the city were seen as an inherent at times could be seen as an inherently racist institution mm-hmm. so the setup for Detroit is basically these tensions have come to a head now there's a number of things that goes into this and none of them none of them are explored in the film really mm-hmm. it just sort of opens with it happening and actually I think that's that is my major criticism of the film I've, I've been thinking about it today I, we saw it last night and for me it got to the point where I was going I really like this film. And then over time I was going, mm, but I did not like that. And I did not like that. And the stuff that I didn't think worked necessarily well was the lack of the, in- okay. So the interesting thing for me about this film is I think it's filled with really strong performances. Yeah. I think um, Will Porter in particular stands out mm-hmm. as, as someone who really makes you believe in his character as he does pretty much constantly. So yeah, I don't yeah. think... I said to you about Will Porter as well yesterday, but when I first saw the trailers of this film, I didn't believe in what they were trying to do with his character. Yeah. But actually watching the film, I think he puts in an incredible performance. Yeah. I think I think he, he really nails what he's trying to do with that character, and that character is an instantly dislikable character because of the way Will Porter's portraying him, and that's fine. And I think there are there are good solid performances from pretty much everyone mm-hmm. in the cast. I can't pick out one where I was going. Oh, even even to the like smaller roles, like is it John Krasinski? John Krasinski's in it for five minutes. Yeah, 
and even he's a re- is a really good performance by him, mm. and that's somebody who's in it for like. There's nobody I would really say is weak. Although did, he still suffers from the fact that he is now best known for one part and one part only, and he will forever be known for that one. For part. the secret soldiers of Benghazi, exactly. Um, so he is best known for the <laughs> office, um, and I think he's going to suffer from that same fate that people like uh, Matthew Perry sort of have sometimes, mm-hmm. where you see them and you go, "Well, that's Chandler." You'll see him and go, "It's Jim," and there is still that disconnect. I think, yeah. as as much as he's trying to do very different stuff, I think he stayed too long on one thing and has nailed himself into that corner now. Um, but that's an interesting side thing, anyway. Um, so you've got John Boyega's in there um, mm. amongst it. You've got um, Jack Rayner's in it. Um, yeah. Who who is now proving that I should definitely forgive him for Transformers. Yeah, one mistake doesn't make a bad actor. The last three things I've seen him in, he's been great, which is Sing Street, Free Fire and this. Yeah, it built his conservatory, so, you know, (laughs) it can't be that bad, Transformers. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so, what did you think of the film first? Because let's let's, let's try and get a balanced opinion here, Um, because I do like it, but there are major problems that I've discovered with it over the course of the last 24 hours. I think I know what one of your problems is, and I think I'm having the same thing. Right. That I know I think about like coming out of it, I re- I really enjoyed it. Um, enjoyed is a hard word with this. You know, it's it's a great watch. It's great to see, but actually, the subject matter it deals with is quite a hard watch at times. Yeah, you know, especially when you see the um, the way the police force are to the minorities around, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's hard to believe the injustice, but then it still holds up a mirror to today. Yeah. You know, we know a lot about the um, the, the rights of happened in America only, what, last year or the year before? Well, well, in the last few years, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement has been hugely publicised. So. And, and it resonates strongly with that situation that's happening today, mm-hmm. that you see that actually all these years on, at times, things haven't really changed. Yes, some things have got better, but some things are just as bad. Um, and I think it does a really nice thing of holding holding me up to that. Like I said, the performances are strong, and the stuff that it does show is is really powerful. Yeah, I felt that it became, but it's really weird. I felt it became meandering towards the end. I think the end is very kind of by by the end. I wanted it to end. Yeah, but at the same time, I needed the information it gave me at the end to be able to be a complete story. Right. Which means that I think there's definitely stuff in the middle that could have been cut shorter. Because a lot of the time is spent at the Algiers. Uh-huh. Um, and what happened that night. But I feel that stuff could have been shortened and you wouldn't have lost any of the power of that. Yeah. To kind of make it so the end doesn't see... Because it, it is a fairly long film. It, it felt, but it's not as long as some of the films I've seen this year. No. But I felt the length. I think you're always end. going to in something like this. And I think that you could have made it a bit tighter yeah um but that doesn't take away from you know the as somebody who's not really that up to date with what happened at this yeah. point it set me up well enough to give me a, a brief overview at the start and it gave me enough about this situation yeah i think the certainly the the um the action as it were that takes place at the algiers mm. itself could have been tightened up significantly. I think if you're going to tighten up any areas, that's where you tighten up. Because I think it's still important to have the pre and the post of that event. But I think you could have easily chopped 20 minutes out of that middle section Mm -hmm. 
and kept that same feel of tension without sacrificing too much and just sort of sped things along a little bit in that middle section but still kept that high tension and then as a result you can still do your your setup and your aftermath and still do the story justice you just it, it feels like it it spends too long in that middle section yeah just trying to and, and it's done the job it needs to do and it feels like it's slightly over exit at points no absolutely um, i i have one big criticism mm. which i don't know if this is what you've come across as you thought about it is i don't think you got enough about the situation of the Detroit riots. Yeah, I think I've... it because it focuses on one event for a film that I think is putting itself out there as being about this period and time, I didn't learn enough about what had built what was the build up. Like you gave me a brief overview at the beginning, but there was at times where I was like, I don't understand why people are rioting here. Yeah, exactly. I don't really get the essence of that, but I also don't know the larger picture. I think and that's it... that's my biggest criticism of it is that you you are thrust into this and within, what, 25 minutes you're in the hotel. Mm-hmm. As a result, you get the idea that you're watching a film about this event, but the film is called Detroit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're selling this to me as a film about what happened in Detroit, then you failed because you're telling me one direct story. And I understand that in a film like this, you can only really tell one story unless you want to tell the overview. And if you've chosen this story to highlight, then you're not going to be able to do the overview. Yeah. So, fine, I can understand that you're making a certain film, and you've made it, and I think it works, and I think you've done it justice. However, if you're still sa- if you're saying Detroit and the tagline is Time We Knew... Mm. There is a lot of stuff out there that is not covered in this, and I think the as as much information as the prologue gives you, the animated prologue gives yeah. you, you don't get the the facts behind it, and you don't get the history and the societal context of it. And Detroit is a city that has suffered from this in in huge ways, and as a result. I felt like I've now co- sort of come to the conclusion that if you'd have given me more of that, I would have felt more involved in this. The mm-hmm. other issue that I have with it is actually, I think they're trying to make it too allegorical. I think they're trying to hold the mirror up to the modern society too much. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it doesn't feel feel like a film about Detroit. It, you know, Interestingly, it wasn't shot in Detroit. It was shot in Massachusetts, largely. Most sections of it were. There was, yeah. there was small parts were shot in Detroit itself, largely shot in Massachusetts. You don't get cutaways to Detroit. You don't get a feel for the city. No. You get glimpses. This is, this is my thing. You get glimpses of certain things that I think I would like to have known more about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, one of the first scenes is them going into a unlicensed party. Yeah. And pulling a load of people out. Yeah. But you never really get an understanding of why that's happening. Yeah. Um, you meet the um, kind of spokesman for the government. Yeah. Um, who's trying to calm things down. But I would be interested to see how that affects things. Um, yeah. But actually it just leads to more kind of riots and loot and people being like, we're going to burn this down. But you never really understand why. Yeah. And that was my problem. I never got an understanding of why. Yeah. And 
that isn't to take away that I think a lot of the stuff that they did do in this film was great, but yeah. I think that it was lacking. I think the filmmaking else. on show is still good filmmaking. Yeah. I, I just feel like my two problems, the fact that it doesn't feel like it's a film about Detroit and the fact that you don't get enough context going into the events that you actually witness, they feed each other, mm-hmm. those two problems. And as a result, it knocks down what I'm thinking about the film because I'm thinking, I did enjoy it, but at the same time, it's not the film I wanted it to be. It's not the film that I think it could have been. Absolutely. And that's that's a that's kind of a huge problem for me. I think it's well-directed, and I think it is well-performed. I think it's pretty well-written on the whole. Mm. But I just... I feel like there's there's a disconnect between this and if you're trying to make it allegorical to the situation that the States finds itself in at the moment, then fine, you can do that. Yeah. But I do think if you're calling it Detroit and you're trying to highlight this, it doesn't feel like a film about Detroit. It feels like a film that could be set in any situation Mm -hmm. and you're just taking one event that just happened to take place in Detroit and you don't get the feel for the city that I wanted to get. No, and I understand that, yeah. I do think, though, like you said, though, the thing to take away, though, as well, is there are some great performances in there. Yeah. And I, I genuinely think Will Porter's arc in this, like his character arc in this, is one of the most enjoyable I've had as an audience member mm-hmm. in a little while. Um, the the journey they take you on as an audience, like his character is always one thing, but as you realise what he is, like the kind of person he is, I found that a really enjoyable way to see that character come yeah. to light um, and that's that was one of my real highlights of this film I think Wolf Walter really deserves credit for what he does in this film um, especially as a character that I genuinely before I went into this film didn't think I would enjoy Yeah. Um, so you know I'm really happy to see it but then, then you have the characters like John Boyega's character in there as well who is a um, black security guard who is having to watch what is happening yeah. by these white officers. He's, he's in a he's in a strangely privileged position in that event because he's in a sort of position of authority, but but really he's unable to do anything. Yeah, um, no, but it is interesting. But like I said, like you said, there are, and I think having having kind of slept on it and having had time to stew on it mm. has really brought some of the issues. To the forefront because if you spoke to me about this last night, after first seeing it, mm. I think I was a lot more positive. Yeah, um, and you know I'm still positive. I still think it's a good film. Like, I still think it is a good movie, but I do think that it has some glaring flaws. In did you really achieve what you went out to try and achieve when you first mm. made this film, or if this was what you were trying to achieve, did you did you sell it, it to right me way? wrong? Yeah. Anyway. That's probably about all we yeah. can fit in for that. Do you recommend it? I do, yeah. I think it is good. Um, I think it's it's one of the better things out there at the moment. <laughs> Although, uh, well, it comes out, I think, the 25th of August or something uh, over here. So um, it's already opened in the US, but I think in the UK it's later this month. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Should we talk about films that only you saw? Because apparently I'm not allowed to. Okay, so... I think you want all the magic to yourself. The Emoji Movie. Um, Now, The Emoji Movie, Express Yourself, as it was originally Mm -hmm. titled, is now just The Emoji Movie, I believe. Because it doesn't mention Express Yourself at all. Okay. 
apart from quite heavily in the script. But feel free to express yourself right now. <clears throat> okay, so the Emoji Movie is a film about emojis, and emojis are things that live in your phone, as you find out from this. Basically, I, I, okay, so full disclosure, I didn't want to see this film. We thought that <laughs> one of us should see it, and we decided that it's probably funnier when I'm angry about something. <laughs> and I am angry. The, 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 look, the problem is, it, the Emoji Movie isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm. It's far worse than that. <laughs> it's it's easily the worst thing that's happened in the cinema this year. Easily. Mm-hmm. The, it, it's, it's, and I saw a man eating potato salad next to me. It's, it's far and away worse than Chips. And Chips, up until this point, was nailed on for my worst film of the year. This is a thousand times worse than Chips. I can't understand... What sequence of events has led to this movie getting released? Mm-hmm. Other than, hey, money's pretty good, isn't it? We could make a really cynical film. Now, the basic plot of the the story is TJ Miller plays the meh emoji, mm-hmm. but one of the meh emoji family because it's about it's a family thing that's passed down from generation to generation. And believe me, meh is the review this film can only dream of <laughs> because it is truly. <laughs> Tragic. Um, the problem with T.J. Miller's character, Gene, as he's called, he just can't stop expressing himself. He can't just be one thing. He I can't be man. So he he suffers from the fact that he's supposed to live his life one way, and that's set out by society, right? And this at the at the heart of the Emoji movie is this very strong theme of forced sort of autonomy that is being. <laughs> placed on these <laughs> these creatures so he goes to work one day in the emoji fact in the emoji in the phone itself right, right? in textopolis i mean come on <sighs> had they just seen zootropolis so he, he, he works in textopolis he panics when he gets scanned to go on the phone to be sent in a message and he creates a weird new emoji that is him basically pressed up against the screen making a face like i wish i was making for the rest of this fucking film as a result, a lot of damage is caused to mm-hmm. the scanning device, and he basically decides to run away and go to the cloud. Of course. So everyone's aware of the cloud. It's off. It's it's off phone storage. It's, it's where it's, Cameron it's Diaz's online... sex tape was. Sure. If you, I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, it, it's a reference to the film Sex Tape. Starring her and Jason Siegel. Right, okay. I've not seen that film. They accidentally uploaded there, but it doesn't matter. Okay, so, anyway. All those fans of sex tape <laughs> really, so really nailed, really nailed that joke there. Okay, so he, he decides that he would quite like to go and change himself on a fundamental core level so that he's just meh through and through. Mm-hmm. So he can just fit in and be like everyone wants him to be. Because he hears about this character, the the princess emoji, who went off to go and um, get on the cloud and never returned. Mm-hmm. He finds this out from High Five, played by James Corden, in, uh, I mean, one of the most baffling choices. I, look, no one in this is well cast. Mm-hmm. No, actually, they are. in the. They clearly sound like they're not enjoying it. And they they don't look like they are either. And I know that's very difficult for an, an animated movie to make it look like they're not enjoying it, but it looks like they hate to be there. So they go on an adventure, and they have to leave Textopolis, which is the, as far as I can tell, the messaging app yeah. on the phone. And then they go across the wallpaper, 
which mm-hmm. is and visit various different apps along the way. Mm-hmm. So they po- pop their heads into Facebook and say, oh, well, it's just people showing me pictures of their baby and telling me how impressive their lives are. What's so good about that? Classic dance. Ha. And indeed, ha. They then go to Spotify and ride on music. Yes, mm-hmm. they ride on a boat on music. I don't think I understand the way the world is going. Okay. Please stop the world. I want to get off. <laughs> Um, they poke their heads into Candy Crush Land. Of course. And, and that's in the trailer, yeah. It is in the trailer, and it looks so fantastic. And the kids are going, oh, wow, that looks amazing. And you think, this is aimed at just selling these things to these kids. They then go to the Just Dance thing, and that's another paid app, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you just go, I see what you're doing here. No one's being fooled by this, <laughs> apart from the kids. And that's the worst thing about it, that the kids are the ones who are being targeted by this. This is essentially an hour and a half long advert. Long story short, it's not a good film. Mm -hmm. Long story long, it's really not a good film. The, The problem is, right, the problem with the Emoji movie, I can't understand why it's made. Yeah, no, but no, I know in no, I know in my head why it's been made because, of course, logical brain functioning makes me think, oh, okay, you have made this movie because it's going to make you money. You have made this movie because you have that money to make that money. Fine. Why though? Give me any other reason why. <laughs> this makes chips look like a well thought out and morally upstanding film in comparison. <laughs> and Chips is offensive on many levels. This is offensive on a base human level. This is offensive to the ideas behind what cinema can be. Is there anything redeeming about this film? Like, is there anything you can write and go, okay, this is a bad movie, but... Okay, the best thing about this film, genuinely the best thing, mm-hmm. is not the use of Patrick Stewart as the poo emoji. Sir Patrick Stewart, as he's put in the credits. In a, in a weird credit as well, because it goes through everyone, mm. and then it says, and Patrick Stewart as poop. And you just go, for God's sake. You weren't happy enough that you managed to rope him in. that You actually had to go out of your way to emphasise the fact, just in case you'd missed that, guys, from the fact that we keep cutting back to him every five minutes. Patrick Stewart was in this movie. Yeah. And all the good work of Logan has been undone now. (laughs) Because I can't respect him now. I love Patrick Stewart. I think I hate him now. (laughs) This film has changed. The best thing thing about this movie is that it features the three emojis I use most often. Mm -hmm. And bafflingly so. Because I don't really understand why I use them this often. I'm still not 100% sure what they mean when I use them. They can mean basically anything. Yeah. The 100 emoji is in it. Mm -hmm. Love that one. But I have to put 100 emoji afterwards, even if it's already an emoji. (laughs) People get very annoyed. They say you don't have to put the word emoji when it's already an emoji. You do. The Israeli flag emoji is in it. Yeah. Which can stand for either good or bad, depending on my mood. And the prawn emoji is in it. Yeah. He has a conversation with a prawn emoji at one point. Very funny. Very thoughtful. Very incisive. 
Do you think the best thing to come out of this movie might be the fact that studios and everything else, because because this has not been reviewed well at all. No. And I don't know how it's doing box office-wise or anything like that. I imagine it is making money, but do you think this is making studios think maybe we can't just license everything? Because everything gets licensed. Like There's whole companies out there that there's companies that are, are made to basically get given film licenses and to create a elevator pitch for them. Yeah. Like, that's their job. Yeah. And do you think it will force studios to maybe rethink? Maybe. I, I would like that. Because 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 of the backlash it's got, like, uh, nobody has really come out singing the praises of this film. You know, it, jo- it joined the 0% Club on Rotten Tomatoes for a short time. Yeah. You know, it, every review I've heard has not been singing any sort of praises towards this. A lot of them say it has a message that it's tried to put across and has completely missed the mark with it. Yeah. You know, it's it's tried to have that whole do you have to change to fit in or can you be your own individual personality? But it's just so cynically done. But has missed the mark and gone, actually, we're going to just be an advertisement. And do you think because of that... It goes back on its own morals. A number of points. And if you had had the wherewithal to go, okay, we're going to tell this story and we're going to make this point with this. And then you stuck to it and you stuck to your guns. I'd at least respect you for for having an opinion, mm-hmm. even if your opinion is horrible. <laughs> this can't make up its mind what it's trying to tell mm-hmm. you, and then by the end it's like, oh no, actually it's probably okay if everyone loves their smartphone so much and the smartphones are great and blah blah blah. Like it starts off with stuff saying, oh, we're too involved in our smartphones, but actually it ends up being like, oh well, smartphones are pretty cool, aren't they? Because all this shit happens. Then you get it? these apps. I just. I would love it to be the death knell of that kind of thing, mm. of the franchising of everything. They pick this, they pick the rights up. Uh, Sony Animation, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And they pick the rights up for less than $10 million or something like that. That is a bidding war for this. <sighs> a bidding war for this. I, I just... But, but it was a bidding war for, for the, the rights. Character, yeah, it was it? for the rights. It was not for the script. The script came because, afterwards. Like, but this is the thing. They, they they had the bidding war last... No, two years two ago. Years ago. And now, two years on, we've got an animation which has employed actual people who are good at their jobs, because I do firmly believe that the animators who worked on this movie are competent animators. Mm -hmm. They could have worked on much better stuff. So, no, when you compare this to, say, something like Wreck-It Ralph, which does a very similar thing, Mm. where Wreck-It Ralph has a lot of characters that you recognise, it has a lot of games that you recognise, even if it's not actual games. Yeah. Um... But you know, that's it's not trying to sell you it. It's not trying to sell you. Is it basically? It's trying. It's trying to stir up nostalgia, Mm. particularly for the older characters. You know, there are some of the more modern characters. I think in it, but other than that, you're looking at nostalgic things. So, like, there's Bowser features at one Mm -hmm. point, and that's a character that, if you're an adult, you may not have been around recently, unless you've got kids, maybe. Or if you have got kids, it might make you go, oh, I should show my kids my old N64 that I've got hidden away somewhere. It never feels like it's trying to target you as a consumer. It feels like it's trying to stir up emotions in you that are earned and are dormant, right? This feels like it's an advert for 86 minutes. Do you think there's a way to do this film that would have worked with what they were trying to do? No, absolutely no. You cannot make this... Unless you could change the entire composition of the film, and by that point you may as well just call it 
the Hangover 4 <laughs> and then just have those guys in it instead. Because it would make about as much sense. Because in order to make this a less cynical film and to make a film about emojis, mm. you have to strip away the whole smartphone aesthetic. You have to strip away every single app that they go and visit. The fact that they make a big deal of it. And the fact that it doesn't tell the story it's trying to tell well. And by that point, you haven't got the film. I was convinced I fell asleep in this film, but it was actually just that it didn't make any sense <laughs> at all. And I think that's no, you have to leave it on a high recommendation for the Emoji movie from Alex. It's, uh, I can tell you now, you don't even need to listen to the end of year review, by the way, guys. It's the worst film of the year. And if anyone tries to vote against it on the end of your podcast, <laughs> I'll punch you. I'll, I'll legitimately punch you. <sighs> As always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Ha ha ha, they're both apps. Put them on your smartphone. Pricks. <sighs> on Twitter, we're at DinosaurMan15. Everywhere else, Dinosaurman Nerdcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Buzzsprout, iTunes, all the places where you can rate, download, subscribe. I feel like a corporate sellout doing this now. If you like this podcast, just give it a listen, right? If you don't like this podcast, then... Give it a listen. Throw it in the bin with the emoji movie. As ever, joining me in the theme song this week, it was produced by Motown Records. There we are. Tied it back into a film I liked this week. Detroit's good, guys. Go and see that when it comes out. Andy, thanks for hosting. It's been a pleasure. I've got... I've just got nothing. Thank left. you for joining us. Um, you have been prawn out of prawn. Thanks. You've been Israeli flag out of a hundred emoji. <laughs> and until next time. No, I give up. <laughs> this this is the end, truly. Die, 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 die.